Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. There are nearly 20 million military vets in the U.S. And each week, we focus on their stories. This is CBS Eye on Veterans. Welcome to CBS Eye on Veterans, the radio show and podcast from ConnectingVets.com, your source for military news and the stories about the lives of our military vets. I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs, and today we're going to dive deeper into the promises that were recently made to vets by President Biden and other elected officials on Capitol Hill last week. During Biden's State of the Union address, the president invoked the death of his own son, and claimed that he died from a brain cancer likely connected to his service in Iraq. And he went on to announce that the VA would now begin treating veterans suffering from nine types of cancer. The following day, veteran service organizations, activists, actor-comedian John Stewart, and many others rallied in front of the U.S. Capitol to hail a bill finally passed by the House of Representatives. The bill's called Honoring Our Pact, sponsored by California Congressman Mark Takano, and a bill he's talked about on this show before. But what does it really mean for vets suffering from diseases caused by burn pits right now? Do they finally get care? How about disability benefits? Monthly payments? And what about the other bill that senators were claiming was going to help vets back in January? Today's guest is Tim Jensen, the first sergeant of veteran apparel. He's the COO of Grunt Style, whose t-shirts with the crossed rifles can be seen everywhere. And he's been a fierce activist on the Hill over the last few years. And after being in the front row for these recent events, he's here to tell us all what this really means. Grunt Styles, Tim Jensen. Tim, how the hell are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great, Phil. How are you, my friend? That is the most important question. Well, you know, I'm feeling a little bit bad. I'm feeling a little bit guilty, remorseful, if you will. And I always say this at the end of every one of these damn interviews. I'm like, hey, we got to get a beer next time you're in town. And our schedules didn't match up. I was out of town. You were in my town. And um, so I'm sorry about that, brother. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, we're all busy men and, and, and I'll be back because we got a lot more work to do. And I'm excited to talk about what what has happened thus far. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what I was kind of surprised to hear you say almost instantly. It's like, oh, well, don't worry. I'll be back. We got the Senate next. Fast forward to where we were last week. Uh, some movement, it appeared. And even in the State of the Union address, President Biden 
says it's it's one of his four pillars, which I'm damn proud to hear about. Damn glad to hear that he wants to focus on burn pits, toxic exposure legislation. I even hear him announce that there's nine new cancers that veterans can receive care for and benefits for. Let's rewind a little bit before this, though. The end of 2021, and there was the Cost of War Act on the Senate side, and there was the Honoring Our Pact Act on the House side. Then there was a third one that came out the beginning of 2022 in January. And I'm like, what the hell? We got three bills now. And then there's a press conference, a State of the Union address. Tim, I say all this to ask you, what the hell happened? What does it mean to veterans that are suffering right now? Well, you know, I'll, I'll start in the, in the beginning. You know, I think the most important thing to understand is that there is some serious movement and there is a, a desire to get something accomplished, right? I think the challenge that we are having right now is what is it going to be, right? Because there is a lot of, there are a lot, there are a lot of bills, there are a lot of things out there. And you know, unfortunately, you know, with that, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding. There are people that believe that, you know, uh, it's all one conversation that's happening and it's not, right? And that's where we need to do a better job of explaining to everybody out there, you know, what the difference really is. Because if we get, you know, uh, the Honor Our Pact Act uh, versus the Cost of War Act, we're, we're talking two really different things. And those are on, honestly the only two that are worth having a conversation about right now, because those are the only two that have passed legislation, one in the Senate, one in the House. So if we take a look at those two bills, um, you know, one is really going to be focusing on expanding health care with no presumptions, right? That is the Cost of War Act, right? And I'm trying, I'm going to try to keep this as simple as possible so we, there's no uh, misunderstanding. Uh, and then you have the Honoring Our Pact Act, which is focusing mainly on expansion of presumptions and expansion of health care. Presumption being the most important part of that, right? And I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this because that's when I favor the most and, and why it's important. With everything that's happening right now and what we're seeing within our community of those that have been exposed, right, there are these exotic cancers that are happening to men and women in their 30s and 40s that they should never be experiencing first and foremost, right? And then the, 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 there are cancers that they're experiencing that they shouldn't be experiencing to their later years in life. And I'm talking you know, early 70s, mid 70s, you know, in, in, that, in that time period. Uh, and that's the one, you know, I, I, I think is important to, to truly understand here is the latency periods on this, right, are long. And if we go back to the Cost of War Act uh, that has passed the Senate, which does not, um, you know, give presumption, uh, it, it leaves a lot of the control inside of the hands of the VA, right, which we know is a bureaucratic uh, system that is just not built for the benefit of the of our generation of warfighters. And finally, with, with the, the expansion of uh, of the cohort, right? But they're only giving five additional years, so it's ten years of additional uh, health care that they're giving to these GWAT veterans. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing that we need to understand are, it goes back to those latency periods. The latency periods on on these illnesses and cancers are between ten and fifteen years from point of exposure. So does the cost of war bill really provide the veteran the things that they need? No. But and I look at the, the presumption side, when the, with the presumptions, it's now removing the, uh, the burden of the veteran. 
that has to plead their case in front of the VA, that is no longer an issue, right? And now we can expedite the, the individual through uh, those hoops that they would normally have to jump through and, and 80% of the time get denied in. We're removing all that because that is truly the the conversation that we have here is the individuals that are dying, sick, terminal, right? All these things. All they want is the dignity of healthcare, and they're being denied that because they're being told that, well, you have to prove that you were exposed to these burn pits and there's not enough data, blah, 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 right? But that's all garbage, right? We know it to be garbage, right? And I've had some very interesting conversations you know, lately with some very influential people. I will, I will say Deputy Secretary uh, Donald Remy. An incredible individual. I was recently invited down to the Wounded Warrior uh, building here in San Antonio for a roundtable that uh, Secretary Remy is going around and, 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 and having conversations with veterans all, all across the United States. And I think that's fantastic. Why? Because, you know, these conversations are not happening. But what he's going to hear is exactly what happened in this 90-minute sit-down of, you know, it was going to be, you know, here's what the VA says is the top three priorities. But the one subject that we spent on the entire the entire conversation was toxic exposure for the global war on terrorism veterans. That's how I think disconnected they are from really what's happening down on the ground here is, you know, it, we, we need to do better. We need to get closer to the, the actual individuals that are you know suffering from this. And we need to get them the dignity of the healthcare that they you know deserve. That is it, point blank. But you know, what we can't have is this. And I'll tell you what that is collaboration uh, of these two bills to where nobody is happy. And at the end of the day, the, VA, the the veteran doesn't get anything but some garbage that we're all like scratching our heads saying, well, this is not what any of us work towards. Okay, so as I look at the scorecard here, Cost of War Act, health care provided for illnesses, but not enough presumptions, meaning not enough force to make the VA say, huh, okay, you got this kind of cancer, you got this kind of problem. Well, we're going to presume it was service connected and you get the benefits. When I say benefits, I mean money for veterans. Pact Act. That's what we were talking about with John Stewart last week. That's what was in front of the Capitol. That's where all the VSOs met. It was the Pact Bill that is strong on presuming service connections for these illnesses and also has more illnesses in it that veterans can receive health care, correct? That is absolutely correct. We have identified nearly 24 cancers um, that, you know, from the data that we have seen and, and what we have been working with the NIH and other uh, doctors and, you know, Far, far more smarter people than myself. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> but and, and they're not hard to find, Tim. They're not hard to find. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very low bar. Let's go past the press conference then on the Hill and get to the State of the Union, where uh, President Biden says that uh, there was nine cancers now that the VA will be forced to provide health care for. Does that pass the fact check test? And we'll be back with the answer to that when CBS Eye on Veterans returns. Just want to stop down real quick and talk about an op-ed that you'll find only at ConnectingVets.com and only by our very own Special Forces veteran and former Army Ranger Jack Murphy. The title is Foreign Fighters in Ukraine, Why Fighting Someone Else's War Ain't All It's Cracked Up to Be. 
Now, I want to start this promotion by saying, first and foremost, that we support everything Ukrainians are doing to fight the Russian invasion, uh, that Russia violating that country and doing what it's doing is absolutely evil. The real reason I want to focus on this op-ed is because it comes from a guy with a hell of a lot of experience. Jack Murphy, after his days in Special Forces, uh, became a journalist and traveled the world, going to some of the most violent, war-torn regions of the country, reporting on it, sneaking into Syria at one point to interview the president, Bashir al-Assad. And that's a feat that many journalists, even some of the best of the best, do not have the cojones to do. The advice he gives in this op-ed is words that we really need to heed when we're considering traveling to a war-torn region to fight for freedom. Jack writes, There's a bit of advice I'd like to share with the men. Some young, some old, some military veterans, and some mere curious amateurs. Jack goes on to say he'd like to tell him about his two friends who volunteered to fight the Peshmerga in Iraq. And fight they did. But they also had an angry cab driver upset about a bad tip who told a gate guard that two Americans had raped him. The gate guards butt-stroked his friends without hesitation, leaving them a bloody mess. Jack also writes about a young American YPG volunteer who got shot by a border guard while crossing from Syria, mistaking him for an ISIS terrorist. And he then spent a month in a Kurdish prison with actual ISIS prisoners. There's also another anecdote in this article about a British soldier who got separated from his unit and spent days dodging Russians inside Ukraine. And that was years ago. I can only imagine how dangerous it is today. Again, it's a great read. It's at ConnectingVets.com, and it's the op-ed, Foreign Fighters in Ukraine, Why Fighting Someone Else's War Ain't All It's Cracked Up to Be, by our very own Special Forces veteran, Jack Murphy. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy vet Phil Briggs, and the show's powered by ConnectingVets.com, which covers military news and the veteran lifestyle. Now, we've been talking with Grunt Styles' Tim Jensen, the first sergeant of veteran apparel and a longtime lobbyist for burn pit legislation on the Hill. And we're talking about what the government is doing to help vets who are sick and dying from conditions caused by toxic exposures. Now, recently, President Biden said it's one of his four big priorities during his State of the Union speech. And the House recently passed the Honoring Our Pact Act, which includes 20-some diseases that the VA must presume is service-connected and therefore grant health care and disability benefits. I'm talking about money every month. Now, the Senate moved forward their bill, the Cost of War Act, which is good but lacks presumption for certain diseases. So after all the speeches and the State of the Union, now what? I asked Tim, who was in D.C. and spoke with leaders in Congress, what good does any of this do the vet who is sick right now? After all, a bill needs to pass both the House and Senate before it's signed into law. Has any of this really opened the door to health care and benefit payments? And realistically, aren't the nine new cancers that they just instructed the VA to treat just the tip of the iceberg of this problem? Great question. Great question. Right. Because, you know, 
These nine are on top of the three that they additionally passed last year, right? Uh, rhinitis, sinitis, and asthma, which, you know, th- those are all things, right? Uh, and these nine cancers uh, that they have uh, come forward with and, and presumed uh, from an exposure perspective are, are, again, another concession of the VA, right? That they're acknowledging that this is real. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at those, it was those cancers, we looked at them and, you know, we looked at what we have in our bill and they're not there, right? They're, they're, they're cancers that we're not, that we're not talking about, right? It's like, well, are you guys really listening or is this more of the same, right? Again, we've seen this with the Vietnam veterans. They dropped the breadcrumbs for all of us to just pick up and be like, oh, thank you. Thank you. You're listening to us. We are so grateful. Well, I, as I told the you know, honorable uh, deputy secretary was you're dealing with a whole new veteran class, a whole new generation of veterans that watched their mothers and their fathers die from uh, the exposures of Agent Orange. Right there. Is, you can ask anybody of of the GWAT era. And I will tell you that their degree of separation from a Vietnam veteran that has either died or been exposed to Agent Orange is less than three. So we are not going to be that generation that accepts breadcrumbs. I'm going to ask this question of everybody out there. When was the last time that you actually saw the VA on Capitol Hill arbitrating on behalf of the veteran instead of up there defending things that they have not been able to do for the veteran? That's the real question here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's always, well, we, if we had more science, well, we want to help. So let's look into this. Let's do this. It's always punting a damn football. It's never, hey, open the checkbook. Come on. Exactly. These guys right. deserve this. And it's, um, and, it's, and it's great. If I can interject one second here, yeah. you know, we're talking about the cost of these two bills, right? And I want to say, first and foremost, to the 34 Republicans that had come over and voted on this bill, I congratulate you. I applaud you. I take my hat off to you because I respect what you have done. Right. That you said that there is no cost high enough that will that will keep us from passing something that takes care of the treasure of our of our country. Right. Because this is not a question about cost. This is about the question of if we are going to continue to be a voluntary military that stands up to fight for the values and the characteristics and values that we believe in this country. If we don't take care of our warfighters, we will not have that any longer. We will be a conscripted military, and we will not like what the future looks like then. So this is part of our weeding the garden. This is part of us taking accountability of the, our leaders that are not in the positions that are taking uh, you know, uh, the, the right steps forward, right? So the, the honoring our pact is two, came in at $282 billion versus the $225 billion of the um, uh, Cost of War Act, right? And we're arguing here over $60 billion. When I'm seeing bills that are being passed, I just saw a, a massive amount of, you know, $30 billion that are, that's going somewhere off, offshore. What are we talking about here, ladies and gentlemen? In Republicans to the 174 and to the, to the 46 Republicans that voted no that have veteran background, to the 20 of those 46 that are combat veterans, and to the 17 of those 20 combat veterans that are GWAP veterans, I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of you. I'm ashamed to be a part of this party that votes anywhere near you because I look at your your backgrounds too and I see that you don't do anything for the veteran community. And I'm going to show that to the world. While we're while we're discussing it, is there anybody that uh I might want to follow up with on this show? I would ask Dan Dan Crenshaw. 
Mr. Crenshaw, why do you why do you continue to vote no on this bill? Why is it money? I don't think it's money. Yeah, I think it's party line politics. You're a Navy SEAL. Lead, lead the groups together to have this conversation to get over the hurdles of what we're talking about. Right on, right on. Again, we'll be following it up because this is not done. Um, wanted to just kind of follow up with uh, where we go from here. Obviously, yeah. we take a press conference. We take a moment to breathe. We take a moment to show momentum when a bill passes. But what we witnessed was honoring our pact and Representative Takano's legislation moving through the House. Now it has to go to the Senate. And conversely, the Senate bill that Senator Tester passed now needs to go through the House. Now we're in horse trading. Right yes. now we're getting down to brass tacks. This is where this bill has passed through the house. You favor honoring our pact. That's where we need to start getting with the Senate. And when do you expect that to be done in the next six months? Do you think this could take a whole nother 12 months, an entire legislative session of Congress? I mean, what are you feeling when you walk away from DC last week? Well, I feel encouraged, right? Because, you know, what better allies could you have uh, than John Feel and John Stewart? Two individuals that have done this already, have ran the playbook and, you know, have done and, and, and have changed lives, right? So I'm, I'm standing with these gentlemen and, you know, they, they, they put uh, the Speaker of the House on, 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 on point and asked, hey, when are we going to have a sit down with Chuck Schumer? Right. So that's the next that's the next conversation needs to happen. We need to get the, the Senate Majority Leader uh, in the, into a conversation, get him to you know look at the two bills, make a good pitch to, to, to him and to whip the caucus to come in and, and vote for that for that bill. Because if we don't. We're going to get something again that we're, nobody's going to like. Or like we've seen with. And this is far less important, I would say, but with cannabis, you know, you look at the amount of overwhelming evidence that has been behind a cause. And then every year a bill might get made and just ghosted. Yeah. We do not want this thing to just die on the vine, because even though cannabis is tremendously important, the lives of warfighters suffering from diseases and illnesses that we caused, that yeah. their service caused, cannot just sit on the vine and die and get ghosted on the floor and never brought up again. So I lodge on that. Uh, good to hear that that is going to get discussed and hopefully keep the pedal to the metal and keep both the Speaker of the House and the Senate Majority Leader activated on this cause. I know that you will. Um, what's my takeaway as a veteran? What is my takeaway from this after what felt good last week? Um, does this change the price of tea in China? Does this change how I go about getting my benefits every week? And what should a veteran who thinks he may have a service-connected disability here with relation to the toxic exposures, um, what do I know? What do I need to do? Sure. I would, I would say this to all of you that are listening, that are engaged, right? And for those that may be hearing this for the first time, we have the attention of the lawmakers. We have it right, right now. In no point in the last 20, 30 years has a veteran had this type of attention from the, from the president to the Speaker of the House, now moving into the, the, the majority, speak, uh, majority position of the Senate. We have the attention of the lawmakers. This is our opportunity. This is for us to stand and hold ourselves shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, and walk across the finish line and demand what we know is right. It doesn't matter about the cost, right? We can look at it. We, we, doesn't matter about the cost. This is our opportunity 
And what we need to do is continue to put the pressure on our uh, representatives, right? Uh, and, and specifically our veteran representatives. There's, a, there's over a dozen in the Senate, and I'm going to be putting out a list of the dozen in the Senate that we're going to be needing to have conversations with and start leaning on them first, right? A lot of those are combat veterans, and a lot of those uh, have been to Iraq and Afghanistan or any other of the 20-plus countries that we've identified in H.R. 3967. So I would also challenge you to read 3967 and read the Cost of War Act, I'm sorry, I don't know that one off the top of my head. It's S-496 or something along those lines. Um, but read, read the both of them. Do your own work, right? And again, both bills have great things and great benefits for the veteran. I just think that presumptions is a little bit more powerful. Right on. Looking forward to uh, the sequel to this conversation and your last mission last week. I think I just gave it a title here, but it sounds like the next sequel is going to be The Dirty Dozen. And I look forward to hearing about uh, which one of those people we need to you know, put on notice and have on the show here so we can, uh, you know, again, continue to twist their arm because you're right. We do have their attention. If I am a veteran and I am suffering, I have uh, my health's failing. I think I have something going on um, important to Make your claim with the VA, but what's your advice for follow-up? I know the direct path to going on your own with the VA is not always promising. It's yeah. it's paper-intensive. There's a lot of stuff going on, and frankly, if you're sick, the last thing you want to do is is have to navigate a bureaucratic process. Um, who is best to enlist in my fight to get the right uh, to get my sickness treated and my benefits that I've earned? Well, you know, you can go to, um, you know, the VSOs, right? They're, that's what they exist for, right? Um, you know, IAVA, uh, DAV, uh, you know, Wounded Warrior, right? You can go to any one of those and, and, uh, they're all up to speed on, on the current situation, right? And, um, they will be able to walk you through, uh, the things that you need to do. I would, you know, personally, the things I would, I would leave you with would be make sure you're having the right conversations with your primary care provider. If it's with the VA or if it's with your, your private uh, medical physician, you know, get up to speed on what you should be asking, what you should be talking about with your doctor. Uh, when, it, if you're there's something that you're worried about, you know, get a heavy metal blood test, get a, to, uh, a toxins test, you know, get, get, get as many tests as you can have the conversation with your, with your PCP uh, saying, Hey, I was in this area during this time and I was within X amount of, you know, yards or, you know, feet or whatever the case may be from um, a a burning toxic pit of garbage um, or any of these other chemicals that, uh, that, that exist that are causing veterans problems, right? Permethrin, Right. There, there's some permethrin problems that people are having skin disorders on and a whole bunch of different things. So, you know, it's like really you know, just making sure that you, you are asking the, the and you're, you're having the conversation with your doctor. That is the probably the, the first thing that you can do. And you can go to uh, burnpits360.org to get information on, on what are those questions look like. Uh, you can go to DAV, IAVA, Wounded Warrior Project and many, many others, uh, Vietnam Veterans of America. You know, there's some really, really great organizations out there, and they're all they're all wanting to give this information out. So that's uh, there for you to consume. Right on, right on. I'll throw in that too. Am Legion, Am Vets. Uh, my father-in-law's Am Vets uh, from long ago. Uh, VFW, and um, there's a another podcast in the stack here on CBSI and Veterans you can listen to where we talk uh, about the, the National Veterans Legal Support Program, uh, NVLSP. Uh, they're doing God's work over there. So, uh, yeah, there are people out there to help arm you in the fight. 
And if you fall in within the 12 recent presumptions that the VA has come forward with, you know, here's an opportunity for you. And you were denied uh, previously on any of those nine. You know, here's an opportunity to to refile, right? They are uh, they are actively taking this. You sh- you may have already received a, a letter in the mail because, as I understand, that they're reaching out to these individuals that have been have been denied previously. Uh, but if you have not received that, reach out to your uh, representative uh, that handles your uh, specific uh, medical needs in the VA, and they'll be able to walk you through what happens next. Right on, right on. Uh, interesting to note from this conversation too, that there's such thing as a heavy metal blood test. I'm going to go get mine tested next. I think I may have traces of Ozzy Osbourne and Molly crew in mind. Uh, <laughs> if you had to have a heavy metal blood test, sir, what would show positive in your blood? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. I don't even want to talk about my past. <laughs> I was thinking musically. I wasn't thinking about what you did last oh, yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a little, uh, I would say, oh, boy, a little Pantera right there. Nice, nice. Yeah, All right, good stuff. Tim Jensen. COO, Grunt Style, keeping us in check, keeping them in check, and always willing to take the hill and fight for the veteran rights. Man, I can't thank you enough. And, uh, again, all of this lobbying looks great when you're adorning a stylish Grunt Style T-shirt. Some new designs I saw out there. Always, always cool. Um, in fact, what was the shirt I just saw? Something about peeing outside. Is that a shirt? That, that, is, oh, is that a new- <laughs> I don't know, but my son does it all the time. My little four-and-a-half-year-old. It's his newest thing. <laughs> oh, my God. It, 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 it's great. Fashionable anytime. You're wearing some grud style. Always on the case. Tim Jensen, man. Can't thank you enough, brother. Thank you, Phil. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts.